you think of Psalm 51, mm. which I know, Ray, is one of your absolute favorites. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, that is birthed out of something real that happened with David. Yeah, absolutely. David had committed adultery, committed murder, and Nathan called him out on it and said, you're the man. Mm. And that's when he realized he had sinned against God. And it just shows the deceitfulness of sin, how that David could do something like he did with Goliath, deliver Israel, be a lover of God, and then get into sexual sin and create an idol in his mind as if God is happy with what happened. And swept everything under the carpet. In came Nathan, pulled back the carpet and exposed him. And thus we have Psalm 51 where we see David's heart left bare. Welcome to the Living Waters Podcast. My name is Easy, the only host that matters. If you haven't already, leave a comment. Comment, comment, comment. If you haven't already, leave a comment. Leave a comment about me. We're reading a comment today from Easy316. Easy is the greatest host ever. Oh, what a sweet guy. Wow. That, that is, is the so best good. open uh, of all time. It really makes me value myself as an anchor here. Thank you, Oscar. Merci beaucoup, Oscar. I I think that was spot on. I think that if I've ever heard an impression, that was so perfect. <laughs> There'd be a little more me in there, though, I would think. You're, you're hard me. to do. Ben Price has difficulty with you. Yeah, Ben is phenomenal, but you and me, he's huh? got to work on no. this. Sorry, Ben. Mm. you got to be honest. So I'm in Miguel's Jr. ordering food a few days is ago. That- I don't know what that is. Miguel's Wait, Jr.? That's a great little Mexican. Oh, it is know. good, Mark, because yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fast food, but, yeah. um, but it's, it's good. It's chain. Good fast food. It's, it's, cool. it's not a mom and pop shop. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in Miguel Jr.'s uh, ordering some food. I was going to go see my sister and my dad. And I order the food. I get the drinks, you know, the cups to go put drinks. I turn around to fill the drinks. It's going to go on for very and long. I'll, very long. <laughs> it was very long. And I'm in the midst of um, reviewing scripture that I'd memorized in my mind. And I turn around to get the drinks. And like five seconds later, I realize I had been standing there staring at the fountain machine, totally frozen like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, seriously, you guys People know are story. walking by, like, well, you guys know the story of me brushing the tassels, you know, in my office when I was counseling a couple, yes. and I, I like came. Have to, you said that on the podcast? I think I, I yes, think so. I remember. That. I think I might have. Really? Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I came to, like, as, and I'm like, I've been standing here for like just like this. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Nobody and I look you. over. Well, I look over and I see these guys sitting there and they're like <laughs> looking at me. And then when they walk out, they did this like smirk and looked over at me. Oh, man. What is it with the brain? They probably thought that. you were on something. Yeah. yeah. The last time that happened to me was um, on the 91 freeway. I was, I was coming to the office. I was reciting, going through scripture, and I veered into the three-plus lane on the fast track. <laughs> because we always take the three-plus lane. When we're with our family, yeah. yeah. And so I just get lit up and I'm trying to convince the officer. I had the folder next to me, you know, my scripture memory. I'm like, officer, I'm, I'm working on scripture. So I'm away to church. I'm just and a little lonely. He was the nicest lady. officer in the world. Really? He's like, oh, no problem. I'll be right back. And I was like, sorry, you got to give me a ticket. I'm like, it was like 500 bucks. Whoa. Really? Yeah, that was a big mistake. It was so, like 500 yeah. bucks? It like. Like totally. Uh, it's funny you talk about like zoning out because the other day I was uh, getting all these groceries and I had like a bag of fruit and I'm paying for my groceries and I'm sitting there and I kind of zone out for a second and some dude steals my bag of fruit. <laughs> Seriously? Stop. I was peachless. 
Oh, you saved it. That was good. We got one. Um, no, but listen, this was all redeemed. So, uh, so then that, that's all done. I'm standing there feeling like an idiot. Oh, there's more? Oh, more. <laughs> that letter I gave you, which we decided not to read, has got some dad jokes right at the end Ooh. of the PS. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to peer into that. So anyway, I'm standing there uh, feeling like an idiot, which is nothing new. Mm-hmm. And these two teenagers come in and they're standing there. They order their, their, their food. They get their water cups, right? And then they go over to the machine. And, and in my mind, I had like this premonition because this just typically happens with teenagers. So they're getting you know, they get water, right? And then one of them looks around, pours out his water, puts in some Sprite. Now, do you normally say something when somebody fills up their water cup with Sprite? I, I hardly see it. But uh, what I did was... Because well, I'm trying to figure out how do I approach Oscar. Well, I had... <laughs> <laughs> Every time we go to lunch, mucho stealing. So that's illegal. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're well, not you're stealing for soda. For oh. the record, I don't even drink soda. Yeah. Mark. You know, uh, Oscar's Mister Health Freak. But seriously, they, the, the solution to that is to have a dispenser separate from where the fountain drink mm. is. You know, for that. Anyway, so so he gets Sprite. You know, so all these scenarios were going through my mind because that stuff riles me up, and and I can sometimes like you know be tempted to get in the flesh. But anyway, I thought through it. So then I go up, I go, hey guys, I go check this out. And I did the uh, the printer app mm. thing for him. It's nice. a movie card. Love it. And they go, oh, that's so cool. You know, it's that. I go, hey guys, let me just give you a little tip. I said, man, as you guys get older, you become men. You don't want to compromise your character Dang. for a little drop of Sprite. And like, what? One of them goes, no, I got water. And I go, I, I, I saw him do Sprite. So one of them didn't do it. The other, he's like, and the kid just drops his head. And he's like, oh, man, you know. And so I just went on, you know, talked to him about the Lord. And then Good gave, for him, you. Gave, yeah. him, uh, gave him a tract. And uh, they ended up being Arab kids. Their, their uh, mom's, their dad's an Arab. You could tell by what they were wearing? Yeah, they were on camels. No, 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 no. They were on, on camels. Yeah, yeah, they were on camels. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how I knew. <laughs> oh, easy. I know you got that spirit of discernment. That's very yeah. admirable. But it was it was really, you know, it was a cool moment because they were taking long to do my food. I should have left probably before those boys came in, but the Lord just, you know, orchestrated. I thought, you know, this is one of those things where they will never forget this. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, when they're later, you know, grow up thinking about character, and they go to a, they're, oh, we go to a Christian school, you know. The other kid goes, I got baptized in the Jordan River, you oh, know. So, wow. But, you know, obviously. We were at the Orange Block uh, sharing the gospel. I think you were there easy at that time, and there were some guys waiting right outside the exit of the movie theater. Mm. And they're waiting for one friend, right? They all pitch together their money, goes inside the movie theater, goes into the back door of the exit, opens up the exit door, and everybody goes on inside, and then they watch whatever movie they're going to watch. Mm. But I had a chance to share the gospel in that little interim before that door was opened and they made their entrance. And there was one kid that was really struck by it. And I told him, I said, listen, while you're in there watching the movie, I want you to realize that Christ is watching you. He's wow. watching you every step you take into that theater. This is before steal. they went in? Before they went in. But you saw them standing by the door? Yeah, I knew what they were waiting oh, to wow. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, it was a really great encounter. And as he went in and his friends turned his back on him, he was left there with the door closing behind him, looking at me, as I said, <laughs> enjoy your stolen movie that oh. you'll give an account. Wow. Well, wow, that's amazing. I was watching two guys rob a bank. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were they related to you? Was it no, your aunt? No, no, was no. it your aunt? <laughs> was it your aunt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, those, those moments in life. It's like the kids that one day ding-dong ditched our house years ago. And uh, and I opened the door real quick, and they took off running. But a bike was on the ground, and the, and the tire was still spinning. Oh, no. So I went and grabbed the bike. 
I go, I got it. If you want to come get it, come knock on the door. You took, oh, you yeah. stole his bike? Yes. <laughs> I took it inside. And it's so funny because I'm looking out the window and you could see the kids hiding in the bushes. And they kept looking. And I knew eventually they were going to come. So finally they came to the door. They knocked. They said, hey, yeah, that was us. Elementary, high school, what age? Uh Elementary, Elementary, maybe wow. 9, 10, 11. I was able to give them tracks. I gave them drinks. I just loved on them. But yeah. I said, hey, guys, you know, and I just mm, shared the course. gospel. Did you so. give the bike back? Uh, no, I kept the bike. <laughs> I gave water. Yeah, that was the boy's bike you used to ride, right? Stop it. <laughs> <Back in the laughs> <day. laughs> All right, friends. Uh, here's a comment. Can't remember if I've heard this before, uh, but... Um, no, that's a note for me. <laughs> <laughs> from Rachel. for myself. I've never told what you, I was, easy, but yeah. I love you. <laughs> I, what I meant to say is I can't remember if I've read this before on the podcast or not, but it's worth reading anyway. <laughs> uh, Ray, I can't begin to thank you enough for being a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. I grew up in church believing in God and believing in Jesus, made a few public professions of faith, and was even baptized several times. Uh, times thinking this time is really it for real this time. I did a great job of keeping good attendance in church, got active in a ministry and even started a few Bible study groups and read my Bible every day without fail. But something was still missing. I secretly felt this way and never told anyone. Well, about a year ago, my daughter asked me if the evidence Bible was a good Bible, basically wanting to know if it was sound information. I honestly had no idea. So I ordered one for myself and eventually found your videos on YouTube. At that time, I was feeling guilty about having having never shared the gospel with anyone. So I started forcing myself to do so. And it was like white noise departing my lips, just noise. I couldn't put my finger on why this was. As I started watching your videos at first, I was deeply offended by your approach to sharing the true gospel. In reality, I was being convicted because I knew that there were certain secret sins in my life that no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't get rid of. Well, about a month ago, after reading through your evidence Bible, constantly bringing your videos and constantly studying this topic of the gospel, it finally dawned on me that I had been a false convert for so many daunting years. Having Christ plus works, legalistic faith, if you can even call it that, more like religion. So I fell on my face, crying with tears, pouring down, soaking the floor with a broken heart and contrite spirit before God. But on that day, it finally made sense to me. I just saw how rotten I was despite my many so-called good works, and I finally trusted the finished work of Jesus that Jesus did for me on the cross. I just wanted to personally thank you and your awesome team for everything that you do for our Lord and King, Jesus Christ. Most sincerely, Mark Harris. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Thought for a second it said Mike Harris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so encouraging. Isn't that, isn't that just yeah. amazing? I do have an awesome team. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah, well, God is kind. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, Mark, thank you so much, brother, for that. Can't tell yeah, you Lord. how much that means and, and, 
and really how much wind it puts in our sails. That's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by How to Be Free from the Fear of Death book with a fancy uh, velvet cover, Ray? I don't know if it's, it might be velvet. I don't know, Feels but it's like very fancy. Yeah. Same publishers that are publishing your book. That's right. The Broad top? Street and Friends. I signed my contract. And what's the title of the book? Uh, Fight Like a Man, a bold biblical battle plan mm. for personal purity. Signed the contract, all done. In fact, I've been sending it out to people for review. I'm excited. I'm on page 17. Have you started, Mark? Yep, page 17. Excited for what I've read so far, like the story uh, in the beginning there. Yeah, wow. So uh, I'll give you an honest opinion. And this is what I love about Cheesy, right? I, I mean, all you guys are like this. It's like, g- give me that honest critique. Yeah. So I am... Don't have anything negative to say yet, but I have, I'm hopeful that I will find something very negative to say about <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Bring it on, brother. Uh, yeah, friends, How to Be Free from the Fear of Death book and the Living Waters mug. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible that, as you saw, God used in a way to open someone's eyes. Who forwarded that book? Gospel. What? Who forwarded that book? Which book? The book you just mentioned. Fear of Death? Yeah. It's John uh, MacArthur. Was that oh, John, John MacArthur? MacArthur? I know there was one of them. That's yeah. right. Was it? Yeah. He did do the forward to that, and yeah. I was honored to actually deliver the book to him in mm. person, and uh, he was blessed to receive it. Uh, all right, friends, there you have it. Make sure to check all that out at livingwaters.com. Wow. Good job, Oscar. All right, friends, today we are jumping into something I'm excited about very much so. We're jumping into swimming the most comforting and powerful... Psalms. I read the book of Palms and then Leviticus and then the book of Job. Isn't that an actual uh, instance? Right? Yeah, it was a guy that, uh, I, I, was, I think I mentioned it before, I was in a, in a store and I heard some guy blaspheming, continuing to blaspheme, and so many times I leaned in and said, is this a religious meeting? Mm. And I got to witness and send him books and he got soundly saved. <laughs> oh, that's the one. With yeah, the, it's on Hell's Best Kept Secret. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and friends, one more thing before we jump into the content. The Ten Commandments coin. Golden. Yeah, it's coin. golden. It's yeah, not golden solid coin. gold. Golden. Yeah, but it, is, it, yeah. it really has incredible perceived value, and it's a wonderful gift to give to anyone. No one is going to toss that. Yeah. Anytime I've ever handed that coin out to someone, their jaws have dropped. Right. Super the, nice. The perceived value attached to that. Put a, Oscar, Oscar just, just put it in his pocket. <laughs> Oscar just stole it. Yeah, well, it's in this really cool plastic case, too. And uh, it, yeah, perceived value, huh, Ray? And it's got the gospel on one side yeah. and the Ten Commandments. It has a good weight to it. It, it yeah. really is. And, and this is really the it really is. the granddaddy really of the, the silver, the, yes, the, the aluminum lighter coins, which yeah, you can get in, in yeah. abundance. But this is like a special gift coin. Yeah. So make sure to get it. Livingwilders.com. Okay, friends. Uh, Proverbs. Guys. Proverbs. Oh, wait. Did I say Proverbs? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gave away the next episode. Psalms. Psalms. Why, why don't we start off by reading Psalm 119? <laughs> <laughs> Backwards. You know, let, let me just say, I'm, I'm excited uh, to, can tell. to do this. Very, very, very excited. Um, and, and let me just say, just say uh, I've said this before, but I, I read the Psalms and Proverbs through every month. I do five Psalms a day and a proverb a day, and that gets me through once a month. And... I, I want to be honest that I, I hesitate to share stuff like that. And the reason why I hesitate is because I don't want it to come across like I'm, I'm bragging or boasting. It or, did. Yeah, well, <laughs> I figured. But, but I, I don't want it to um, because that's, that's not, not that I'm beyond pride and boasting. But you that's, don't need to say it. <laughs> just do it. Right. Let me ask you a couple questions here before you go any further. Same on. Right. Um, do you play games on your phone? <laughs> no. 
you know how much I hate games, Mark. So <laughs> in general, just games in passion. general. W- would you say this is what sets apart your study habits from other people that you are kind of redeeming the time you're very purposeful, right? I mean, you've memorized the entire book of Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians <laughs> and Colossians, right? I mean, I, I don't know many people that have memorized more than three or four verses in each one of those books, and you have other books that you've memorized. Is it a matter of prioritizing your time and saying, listen, while you play Toon Blast or Solitary or whatever it may be, and you can do that. I'm sorry, what game was that? It sounds fun. <laughs> I was just looking at, easy, I was looking at Ray's phone, and I go, what does Ray play? So <laughs> is, is that what it is? You're, I mean, you're just prioritizing your time, saying, while you play the game, I'm just going to be kind of memorizing. You know, Mark, I, I think the key is priority, because it's not about not having leisure. I think that it's good and healthy. Everyone has their own bent on what things they do that helps them you know, relax, but it's priority. So to me, it's like... If I'm going to do something relaxing, which, which I do and, and, and I enjoy, uh, I want to make sure I've prioritized what, what's most important, you know, and, and then enjoy those sorts of so things. So if you have 10 minutes to kill, what do you do with your 10 minutes? I usually like to, I mean, again, it depends on where I'm at in my day. Have I, have I fulfilled my priorities? Have I, memorized, have I been reviewing my scriptures? Have I been working on my reading? Am I, have I spent time with Lord in prayer? If I've done that, maybe I'll watch a funny video or something or, you know, whatever. But typically, if I'm standing in a line, a lot of times I'll be reciting. Like I said, what happened the other day in the in the store? I'll recite scripture, or or you know, review scripture, or uh, do my reading, or text someone and encourage them. So, so have you always desire. been like this? I mean, what I'm trying to get at is what has pushed you over the edge, right? What separates easy from other people who are just not doing this, but they say, you know, I want to do that. I want to memorize scripture. What I, is that first step? I think I have an answer. Observing your life. Because you said priority. I think both of you said priority. I would characterize easy different than just priority. Because priority, people can have priority for God's word for a month and then it falls away. I think the thing that I've witnessed in Easy's life is consistency. Like we went on a five and a half hour road trip up to Northern California and he didn't use that as an excuse to not do his daily disciplines of reading and prayer and writing at that time. He was in the car doing those things. And I think consistency is... Was he driving? Yeah, he was <laughs> with his feet. <laughs> with my feet. Uh, I think consistency, consistency is powerful and it's often overlooked. I've quoted before that the idea of a long obedience in the same direction, day in and day out. You know, I compare it to like working out. If somebody shows up and works out on a Monday and then they wake up the next day and they look in the mirror and they're like, man, I didn't see a difference. I'm going to quit. Mm. They're never going to go anywhere. If they worked out three days in a row and then they looked in the mirror and like, ah, oh, I don't see anything. I'm going to quit. At some, I don't know when the time is, but at some point when you consistently start working out, you start to notice a difference. I don't know when that day is. It's mm. you know a month, two months, three months. I don't know. The point is you start recognizing a difference. And I think in Easy's life, what I witnessed since knowing you is a consistency, is a long obedience mm. in the same direction uh, through your daily disciplines, which comes to memorizing scriptures and and, uh, meditating on God's wow. word. Well, that, well, that's encouraging, guys. You know, I, I know my shortcomings, and they're they're huge and they're massive. Mm-hmm. But Ray has, amen, <laughs> amen. But Ray has actually been a massive encouragement and example to me. Inconsistency. Ray's the most consistent man I know. Uh, he starts something, he doesn't stop. I mean, twelve years every day in New Zealand, open air preaching. You know, going to 
Huntington Beach, how many years, going to Cerritos every day, a couple times a day. Like you said, it's doing something, even if it's small every day and being consistent with it, man, you'll, you'll be miles ahead. You'll, you know, there's a day when I started the first verse of the first book that I memorized and I just kept going and it built, you know, and so. But you have a phenomenal memory. God's been kind yeah. in that regard. It, 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 I mean, I, I feel like I have a knack for memorization. So what I'm trying to say is that when you're young and your memory's very uh, good, use it. Yeah, you absolutely. Because as you get older, you people. just don't retain it. Absolutely. I'm always encouraging young people, memorize Scripture. Get God's Word into your heart. I just want to take a step back and not overlook the reality that you said um, Ray is a massive influence, which has got to be the first time Ray and massive was ever used in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> massive Ray. That's true. But anyway, I, what I was starting to say was the reason why you know I share that and other things like that is to encourage people. And, and I have a point to make in that. Mark, when you guys were having lunch with some friends and I walked in, I had been speaking somewhere, I walked into the same restaurant, texted you guys while I was hiding and all that silly stuff. Anyway, our good friend friend, Jerry Blodgett, yes. after I was leaving the restaurant, Love followed him. me out. Yeah, he's a listener. No, of, he, he didn't follow. He ran from our table. Oh, he ran. Okay, after I you. didn't see the running. Like, I, I thought there was an emergency. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Jerry uh, is a good friend, known him for ages, yeah. goes to our church. Uh, you guys were all having lunch together. And shout out to you, Jerry. Jerry listens to the podcast faithfully. So anyway, he follows me out and he goes, man, I just want to thank you so much for mentioning, because I've mentioned it before on the podcast, that you listen to this, you read the Psalms and Proverbs through every month. He's like, man, I started doing that. And he said, like, basically he's addicted. He's <laughs> like, if I go, uh, you know, a few days and I haven't done it, he's like, I start fiending for it. And that just stirred my mm. soul. I thought, man, mm. th- you know, th- that's why we share examples from our lives. It's to stir each other up. I mean, what what do we have to boast in? What do we have that we didn't receive like scripture says? And if we received it, why do we boast as if though we didn't? Like it came from ourselves. Why would I why would I be something special for eating food? <laughs> oh yeah, look at the way I eat, brother. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I eat a lot. Of course, food is good and you need it and it's healthy. So anyway, Jerry, thank you. You blessed me that day, and that stirred me to mention that again today. And yeah. So it's contagious. Yeah. Right? In, in the same way, when a senior pastor is sharing his evangelistic endeavors that week from the pulpit, it lights a fire underneath the people in the pews. Yeah. So Paul wrote, want, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. No, finish it. No. No. <laughs> your zeal is to provoke many, yeah. Scripture oh, says. Amen. And it does. Yeah. So does yawning. <gasps> Don't do it. If you start oh, yawning, it's contagious. It. Oh, contagious. Seriously, start it's contagious. And so apathy is contagious, and so is zeal, and even yeah. laughter. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a small world. So is the flu. Yeah, yeah, it's a small. No, yeah. don't. <laughs> so, so guys, uh, Psalms. We're gonna jump into Psalms today. Yep. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you say. I'm sorry, we haven't you, got time for Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got. You say Psalms, and I think there's this sort of shared sense that people get from saying that because of what the Psalms contain and what they're all about. So I have so much to say and background and all that, but I'm going to let Not Oscar unusual. give us a flyover because he's, he's really good at that kind of yeah. thing. And you think we can handle Psalms in one program? Uh, Seriously. <laughs> Generally. Probably not, but we'll, we'll give it a go. We can revisit it and do more yeah, of them, but I, think I have so, a yeah. lot that I want to touch on it in those. Uh, I, yeah, I too am excited about the Psalms. You know, if you think about it, the Psalms, 150 of them, they're, they're poems, they're songs, they're prayers, and this is sort of like Israel's playlist, right? Mm. Like we all have <laughs> I like Spotify that. or Apple, yeah. Apple Music, whatever. We have endless songs. This 150, mm. this was their playlist. This was the songs they lived by. They date back 
uh, as early as Moses between the 15th and 13th century. They move forward into David's reign into the period of Babylonian exile and even after that. 73 of them are directly connected to David. After that, we've got authors like Solomon. I've mentioned Moses. We have 49 anonymous ones. But here's what's important uh, when I want to draw our attention to. A lot of people don't realize. They think that it's just a bunch of random Psalms. They've actually, shortly after the Babylonian exile, they were rearranged into five general categories. And some scholars and theologians have different perspectives on on the topics, but we all agree that they've been organized into five categories. Books basically 1 to 42, you can categorize as God's covenant faithfulness. Uh, Book 2 would be 42 to 72, which is hope for the messianic kingdom. Uh, This is while they are in, are going into exile. Book 3 is uh, chapters 73 to 89, which is hope in or hope after the exile. Uh, book four is verses, uh, chapters 90 to 106, which is God as king over all creation. And then finally, the songs of ascents or poems of praise, which is where it, where it all kind of comes to head. Yeah. I love the way you put that, Oscar, Israel's playlist. You yeah. know, just the fact that the Psalms are so connected to uh, real life experiences in the midst of things that were happening. You think of Psalm 51, Mm. which I know, Ray, is one of your absolute favorites. I mean, that is birthed out of something real that happened with David. Yeah, absolutely. David had committed adultery, committed murder, and Nathan called him out on it and said, you're the man. Mm. And that's when he realized he had sinned against God. And it just shows the deceitfulness of sin, how that David could do something like he did with Goliath, deliver Israel. Uh, be a lover of God, and then get into sexual sin and create an idol in his mind as if God is happy with what happened. And swept everything under the carpet. In came Nathan, pulled back the carpet and exposed him. And thus we have Psalm 51 where we see David's heart left bare. Mm. And, And, you know, just a note on how you validate Scripture by the fact that its heroes are shown with all their warts. You know, in the sense that if you're going to compile something uh, as a fictional sort of a work so that you can garner followers or whatever, you would never paint your heroes as, you know, flawed people. Right. I, I remember teaching on Psalm 23, and one of the books that I really enjoyed was A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. Hmm. So, Ray and I, we were at a CBA several years ago, and Philip Keller was there signing books. And I went up to him, waited in line, gave him a Hell's Best Kept Secret. And I had said, hey, I just want to thank you for uh, your book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It was, it was a real blessing. I read it a couple times, and mm. I uh, taught on different points when I had uh, taught. He's looking at me with a little bit of bewilderment, and mm. I didn't understand that you know, entirely. Yeah. And I walked away, and I was just thinking, well, I mean, I was just, I'm glad that I was able to tell him that. Yeah. I look over, and I, and I see a little name placard, and it said, Philip Yancey. (laughs) 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 Wrong Uh, Philip. Oh, Oh, we like sheep have gone astray, Mark, and you're one of them. Uh, I did did that once with that. I don't know if you guys remember that song. I've mentioned it on the podcast, I'm sure, The Man (laughs) of the Tombs, a guy named Roby Duke. And uh, when I was pastoring, you know, someone said, Roby Duke is here. You know, I'm like, what? So I go up to the guy and I'm Ray, oh, your song. (laughs) He's like trying to interrupt me, but I'm like, that's not me, man. Oh, it's crazy. It's and, funny. But I do that with people. Like, I'll call them the wrong names, and Rachel just, yeah, gets really No way. 
I have. No, seriously. I mean, you remember names more than anybody I know. Yeah, but that's my problem is I think, I, you know, I think, oh, I definitely know this name, but my brain does a switch, you know. And well, at least you got Rachel's name right. That was good. Who? Rachel. You <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not like you got someone's name wrong while officiating your wedding or anything. Oh. <laughs> Ray Comfort. Here it is again. Uh, but you, let me just, I mean, we talked about Psalm Hang 51. On. You feeling guilty? About yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but let me let me just read a few verses from Psalm fifty one. I mean we can't just pass it by. Mm-hmm. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Oh, I mean. Mark, wouldn't you say this is like the epitome of repentance? Like no excuses. It's against you, Lord. This is like... Well, that's a great focal point, and it's a great place to start, and it's a great place to finish. As much as we think that our sin may be horizontal, it will always be vertical. Right Now, I I have a question, right? And maybe I'll address it towards Oscar. He seems to be the scholar of the group right here. But uh, you, you, you quoted Psalm 51. We know that is David. Yeah. Right? We look at maybe Psalm 22. Verse 1, where it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as, as we look at a text like that, why is it just not David thinking to himself, God, you have forsaken David? We are quick to say that that is a scripture pointing to Jesus. When Jesus' name is not mentioned, mm-hmm. how do we deal with a text like that? What do you think, Oscar? Yeah, well, one, Jesus attributes that chapter right to himself on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think it's important to, to realize, uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier about the idea of, of uh, Jesus fulfilling prophecy. And one of the things that we often do in our minds is we think that when we hear prophecy fulfillment, we think there's like this one-to-one as, as then like as though there was like this list of, of like 50 or 100 things that Jesus needed to check mark do. And what we need to realize is that often when uh, the Jewish people thought about prophecy being fulfilled, it wasn't so much a check mark, rather typological. Or to use a different phrase, they saw Jesus in the stories that they grew up in. And so in other words, like uh, God's people were always longing for a perfect king. And they thought that David was going to be the perfect king. But as you alluded to Psalm 51, David sins. And so when Jesus steps into the, into the marketplace, he calls himself the one true perfect king. He is the perfect David, the perfect king that's going to lead people, people where David sinned. And because of that, his son dies and the people suffer, the kingdom suffer. Jesus steps in and he does not sin and yet he is the son that dies for our sins so that God's kingdom would reign on earth as it is mm-hmm. in heaven. And so it's important that we see how he fulfills prophecy by being a typological figure that the people were longing for all through the Old Testament. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I think this is extremely important to note, Mark, because there are some who have become disillusioned by messianic prophecy because they'll they'll look at the context and they'll say wait a minute this is this is talking about this is david talking about himself or or what have you remember what it says in mark 12:36 mm. uh, david himself said by the spirit we have to understand that the new testament is unveiling for us the realities of what god by the spirit had 
put in scripture, even though these were Psalms that, that were being written by David or, or others in reference to maybe even themselves. So the New Testament is unveiling for us what God intended in that. And so that's why we know they're messianic. We can't just go and pick things out on ourselves, but we're talking about the prophetic guidance given by the authors of the New Testament to reveal that reality to us. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Road to Emmaus, where Jesus said, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken and hmm. uh, direct reference to himself in Scripture. Yeah, and then he began to open for them what it said about him in, in the law and the, in the Psalms and all through the Scriptures, mm. you know. So, yeah. So, guys, any favorite Psalms? Yes. Okay, Ray. What do you got, Ray? Psalm uh, 1 through to 150. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Psalm 23, the death psalm, as it's often used in, in Hollywood. You, you see these old cowboy movies where they're bearing some guy and a, a drunken preacher says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me to land. And he says, though I walk through the valley of sh- uh, the shadow of death, and most people say that psalm is speaking about death when it's speaking about the exact opposite. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of, you're not in the reality in close proximity to it. If you're in the shadow of a wall, you're not in the wall. Mm. You're just very close to the wall. And this life is the shadow of death. And it says of Jesus, to them that sat in the shadow of death, a light has sprung up. Mm. And the light of Christ banishes the shadow of death. So it's great to point out to people that this life, not death itself, is that shadow, the valley that we're talking of. We walk through the shadow. Death is hovering over every one of us. It can take us out in a split second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I picture King David, right? He walks up to the fence and he looks at these sheep on the other side of the fence. And he's just saying, where's your shepherd? Yeah. Right? The, the Lord is my shepherd. You guys are so weak. You guys are in need. You guys are hungry. Listen, I don't lack anything. You know, and I just see the contrast back and forth, back and forth with King David looking at the other sheep and just boasting mm-hmm. in who his shepherd is. And that's what we can do. And that's what Psalm points out to us. I, I love, love that. No, you love. No. That's great. You, it's good you that you love. Now, I'm originally from New Zealand and a lot of sheep in New we Zealand. Know. I won't make the sheep joke. But one thing I learned about sheep is they're really, really dumb. Oh, I mean, seriously dumb. dumb. They, they just stand there looking dumb, growing wool and waiting to be eaten. I remember when we were surfing, <laughs> if a sheep got in front of our vehicle, it would run in front of the vehicle for miles, not thinking, I should go to the left. No. To get out of the road of his vehicle, but it didn't think it was just run, 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 run. One sheep jumps, the follow, following sheep will jump also for no reason. It yeah. jumped, I jump. And when you're giving out gospel tracts, you can see the sheep mentality of people. If someone in a line takes a tract, I'll have one, I'll have one. One person says no, you can guarantee the next three will say no, <laughs> because we certainly are like sheep. And I read something, I did a video on how to get to sleep, how to enjoy sleep, induce sleep, and I saw in the comments, someone said, if you can't sleep, uh, don't count sheep. Talk to the shepherd. Oh. And I said, oh. That's really good. good. How many sheep are there in New Zealand? Uh, there's something like <laughs> 50 million, but I'm not sure of the exact amount because the guy that counts and keeps falling to sleep. Nice. <laughs> you said you weren't going to say it. You made me. You, oh. provoke, you provoke me like I love Psalm 23. It, it, it kind of flies in the face of, um, at least, you know, here in the United States, like American machismo culture. Because we all like to, like, I had this friend show up one time at the gym with me and he was wearing a shirt and it said, not a sheep. And I kind of chuckled and like, I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? And, and he told me, and I didn't disagree with why he was wearing it, but I was like, you know, the irony of that is that you are a sheep. You're just following a different shepherd. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that we're all sheep. The question isn't whether or not you're a sheep. The question is, who's 
your shepherd. Yeah. And who's yeah. lost and who's not. That's yeah. right. And you know, I, I, I think it's important for us to, to note that it's easy to take Psalms like Psalm 23 because it's so, I mean, it's just so familiar. And it, it's true. a psalm you'll hear unbelievers quote. It's just like, it's like what I've said before, the John 3.16 syndrome, you know, we're so familiar that we almost write it off. Man, we need to pause and really explore the depths and the power of that. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, you think of Mark 6, which, which I've talked about before. I mean, mm. when Jesus looked out at the multitude and he saw them as weary and scattered and like sheep having no shepherd, that's actually Matthew 9 hones in on that, but right. it's a parallel passage. But sheep having no shepherd, that is the world. And what's a shepherd do for a sheep? He guides, mm -hmm. he provides. He protects. He Boom. breaks the legs of the little sheep that go astray. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> no. Is that true? I've never heard he that. I read that inside the book, right? That, no, you, like the shepherd that go, the sheep that go astray, he breaks the legs, puts it around, and he tends to it. And then when the sheep is all better, the sheep knows not to stray from the shepherd. Well, he just breaks yeah, its legs so it doesn't do it anymore. It <laughs> uh, listen, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his oh, hands. Yeah. I'll tell you what, anytime there's a beautiful sunset inside my house, somebody will come inside the house and, they, and they'll say, you need to go outside right now, right? Mm. And we all go outside and we just stand in amazement at the sunset. I think I watch every sunrise and every sunset. When it comes time for the sunset, I, I'm on a walk and I'm enjoying it mm. and taking pictures and just absolutely blown away. And I saw the most beautiful sunset the other day when we were coming back from the river there in Blythe with uh, the Sorensons. Take yeah. a picture? I, I did take a picture. I'll show it to you. And it was a picture. We stopped it in and out and the sunset's in the back. And I got two of my favorite things in the same picture. I was in I was and out <laughs> and the sunset. I'll show you. Uh. You know, I love that we're talking about Psalm 23 and these other psalms of praise, but one aspect that I think is really important for us to remember too is the psalms of lament. Mm -hmm. And I think lament is a lost art. I think we've talked about this before in the podcast. I think lament is a lost art. Couldn't uh, you define it? Especially in Lament, because it's an old yeah. word. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lost art, especially in the in the modern day church. Lament is a longing, a waiting, a crying out, uh, and I think often we want to run quickly to like moments of praise. That is a great picture. The only thing Ooh. that's missing is in the foreground. There needs to be a double double uh. <laughs> for those of you who are listening, which is most of you. <laughs> Sparks passing around. Just picture try, tell them trying to imagine the sunset. Uh, Psalms of lament. They're needed for us. Psalms of lament often in in unanswered prayers. I'm thinking about Psalm 80. Mm. Uh, I cry out day and night and you might think like, oh man, he's crying out. There's so many unanswered prayers the psalmist has in Psalm 88. And you would think that the psalm would end with a pretty bow. I will trust you. I, you, you know, you are my faithful God, but it ends like this. You have my companion have become darkness. Mm. It's like he, he does not have answers to his questions. So it's real life. That's, that's, real that's, life. Exactly that's exactly right. right. We can relate to the psalmist when we read psalms like this because yep. we begin to think that we are a boat to ourselves, an island onto ourselves, a boat to ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, a new phrase. A, a Titanic to Mark. ourselves. That we're going down and nobody understands what we are going through. And then we read what the psalmist says and we go, we're not boy, alone. now I'm still yeah. depressed. Now I'm just depressed with somebody else. Yeah, I, I'm like an island going down. <laughs> I'm like an island on a ship. <laughs> and there yeah. are promises for those moments of lament. Uh, Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, uh, to the soul who seeks. And then Isaiah 49, those who wait for me shall not be put the sh to shame. And so the, the Psalms of lament 
are a reminder that even in those long seasons of uncertainty, of pain, of suffering, of longing for the Lord, He is faithful. Amen. What, what's that? Is it a psalm? Uh, weeping may last for a night. No, but it's a, um, from Shemakus. Yeah. Yeah. But a shout, but a joy it, comes is it in the morning. Ecclesiastes? Or it might be. I think so. It's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Psalm 18, 1 to 6, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Hmm. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears <laughs> mark you're right that was psalm 30 verse 5 wow yeah. it just comes to you like that uh, yeah i've got it that's on of mind <laughs> ray has ray you have you have written this scripture over and over again and told people about this psalm 37 take delight in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart yes yeah it's a it's a it's one that's taken out of context and, and it's perfect for a prosperity preacher it's perfect for a pregnant prosperity preacher <laughs> uh, because it's like just if you want it you just begin claiming it god will give you the desires of your heart but they don't realize or preach that when you become a christian your desires die you, yeah. you get on your knees and say not my will but yours mm-hmm. be done so when we cry out for our desires it's not for bigger car and bigger house more carpet and thicker carpet whatever mm-hmm. it's oh god my desires are like your desires because I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in you. And his desire is that none perish. No. And so when you've got God's desires as your desires, that's when you can have confidence that he'll grant your desires to you. So good. That's good. Yeah, Psalm 27, uh, 1 through 3, The Lord is my mm-hmm. light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me, and this I will be confident. Man, I mean, that's why it's One good. thing, Scotty here today comes after that. One, one thing. thing have I. Yeah, uh, verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That to was the next verse. the beauty song. of the Lord yeah. and to inquire in his temple. For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. That's why it's so good to memorize Psalms. Mm-hmm. Because... They become your prayers. Yeah, when we find ourselves in, in those times of, of distress and anguish and pain, connect, you know, we can connect our hearts with the truth of God's word. I mean, the Lord put these in here for a purpose, you yeah. know? You know, you've reminded me of Psalm 91. I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. it. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then mm-hmm. it goes on and promises a thousand fold at one side, etc. It takes me back like 400 years when I used to visit a 91 year old Presbyterian minister, the Reverend George Denson. And he would tell me of when he, as a chaplain, would minister to soldiers who were about to go to war. Wow. And he said there were grown men who would be weeping in fear. We just, you don't really think about that. No. These guys are going into battle. I was watching a documentary the other day about D-Day, and they were saying 50% of these guys are going to die. That was before they went to battle. It was even more than that. And these guys would weep, and that's the psalm he read to them and told them to stand on. Yeah. And it's just brought back that memory to me. Oh, yeah. And... and I would have been like, um, I think I forgot something. <laughs> back in my country. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, so much. I love this too, and also in Psalm one twenty seven. Uh, Psalm twenty seven. Mm-hmm. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. In Psalm forty six, the earthquake psalm for Californians. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in an earthquake. No, it doesn't say that in times of trouble. But yeah, so that yeah, you're right. Everywhere you look, there's just promises from God about uh, yeah. trouble. And you know, in Psalm 46, when you talk about that, in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And mm. I, I like the Hebrew rendering of that. It's literally, it's cease your striving mm. and let me show you that yeah, I am God. That's great. Well, I love that. This is one of my absolute favorite Psalms. It's Psalm 131. I love it. It's short, mm. it's brief, mm. but mm. The, de- the depth of it. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. I love that. You know, like a weaned child. I mean, I have two grandkids. One of them now is, uh, he's only six or seven weeks. And, you know, he's in the nursing phase. And, you know, that w- when that time comes and the child is weaned and at rest and at peace, and it's just like, ah, oh, that's how I want my soul to be in the Lord. You, you, you reading that was just a tonic, the way you read it, and it just gave me an idea. I've signed a contract. I can use Psalm 91 of the New King James Version and record it. I haven't done it, but I'd ah. like us four to do it. Ooh. We could do like... 30 psalms each. Harmonize? For, yeah. All no, not all together. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, I just love the way you read easy and same Oscar and Mark, the oh, way you read. I think you. it would be a tonic for the four of us just to go through well, psalms, not commenting, but just reading them. And people fine. can I listen to I would love to. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many. I mean, uh, just a, f- a few more quick ones. Uh, psalm thirty-four, eighteen: the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. You didn't read that as you'd normally read it. Read <laughs> it like easy to read it. Psalm 147, 3, he heals the broken hearted oh, and boy. binds up their wounds. <laughs> you like that, right? A little reverb there. Uh, psalm 41 to 2, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He also brought me out up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set wow. my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and you envision times in your life where you, you, you feel like it's the end of the rope. I mean, I've said it many times. It's like sometimes I feel I've fallen off the edge of a cliff. I'm flying toward the ground and right Right before my nose hits it and I splat, I feel this tug, and I look up as I'm going back up. The Lord had me by my suspenders the whole time, <laughs> you know, the and puts my feet back upon that rock and, and establishes me. So, yeah, friends, we can go on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> we, we do. <laughs> and on and on. There's a lot of good ones. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know if we did this on purpose or not, but we skipped some one. Uh, and oh. Psalm 1 is so important because it's actually, it kind of gives precedence for all of the Psalms. It's an introduction for every Psalm that comes after it. Uh, and I just want to read it here. Uh, and I think the thing that's important to recognize as I read this is, uh, you know, we, we live in a culture where we want to pretend like everything is a spectrum, but the scriptures often speak in binaries. You were either born in sin under Adam's reign and rule, or you are uh, born again inheritors of Christ's righteousness. There is no binary, or I'm sorry, there is no spectrum between. And here, Psalm 1 gives us two, it gives us a binary. You're one of these two people. Here it is. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You have in that psalm the way of the right righteous and the way of the wicked. And uh, all 150 Psalms, all 149 that follow after Psalm 1 shows us the way of the righteous. And so we should turn it into our own playlists for our own lives that we meditate on and memorize and pray through. Yeah. Amen, friends. And, And remember, sometimes I think as men, especially, we can get this idea that the Psalms are a little too soft for us. Don't forget who King David was, mighty King David, the one who who slayed Goliath, the, the one who was noted for having killed his tens of thousands. And he was known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. The poet. And so soak your soul in the Psalms and 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 see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Let them be your comfort, your help, and your Encouragement. And let it be an encouragement to us to write poetry, to write down our yeah. prayers, to sing our sure. songs Amen. before the Lord. Good, mm. good, good reminder, Mark. Mm. Yeah, really good. All right, friends, there you have it. Another one for the history books. Don't forget to check out How to Be Free from the Fear of Death book, The Living Waters Mug, and the Evidence Study Bible. And <laughs> Ray, you didn't think I'd forget, did you? <laughs> the Ten Commandments. Golden coin. All at livingwaters.com. Don't forget to give us your comments at podcastlivingwaters.com. Don't forget to rate and uh, and uh, subscribe. Right, Mark? Subscribe. Uh, guys, by God's grace, still one of the top Christian and religious of all religions podcasts in the world. And we still have a five-star rating. So thank you, guys. You make that possible. And hey, you've seen, we read your comments on here. So send them in please. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, the ultimate cure for insomnia. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.